first step to get out of debt. If you're not opening all those envelopes, get them. Now, some of you may these days have started to get all that stuff electronically. I have to tell you that electronic delivery of statements on credit cards, you know, it's really great for the credit card companies because they actually um, save money on the paper and the postage, which, okay, there's the environment issue too. It's also better for the environment. I get that. But what we actually need to do is to increase our awareness surrounding our debt, not decrease our awareness around our debt. What's going on everyone? I am going to give you today nine steps to position you to get out of debt permanently. Really? Yes, that is possible. I am going to tell you exactly how to do it. Are you ready? Because I'm ready because we all have this ball and chain on our ankles that is a lead balloon holding us down to not living the life that you love because the fact that debt actually creates a lack of freedom in your life. I don't care if it's mortgage debt or if it's car debt, student loan debt, debt to family members, you name it, you've likely got it. And whether your brain has actually convinced you or not, whether or not that debt is actually good debt or bad debt, it really doesn't matter. You have to go to work today to pay for yesterday and that doesn't feel good to anybody. You ready? All right, number one, first step to get out of debt. If you're not opening all those envelopes, get them. Now, some of you may these days have started to get all that stuff electronically. I have to tell you that electronic delivery of statements on credit cards, you know, it's really great for the credit card companies because they actually, um, save money on the paper and the postage, which, okay, there's the environment issue too. It's also better for the environment, I get that. But what we actually need to do is to increase our awareness surrounding our debt, not decrease our awareness around our debt. Meaning like every time I ask somebody, what is the interest rate on your mortgage payment? Nobody can, usually nobody can tell me what it is because it's buried in all that stack of papers and it's very rarely, very few companies actually put that interest rate on your monthly statement, even if you get the paper statement in the mail. So what I need you to do is I need you to position yourself to be lucky to open up those emails or open up those envelopes that have your statements on it. And what do I mean by that? So if you don't have a separate email address that all your financial stuff goes to, I would highly recommend that. Why? Because it increases your awareness. It could also increase out of sight, out of mind. So be careful how you're using it as a tool. So whether you get the paper or whether you get the electronic, position you to where you're actually seeing it and looking at it, okay? Number two, the second step to actually getting out of your debt permanently is I need you, once you actually look at all the debts that you have, I want you to look at the interest rates that you're paying on each of them. Many times, particularly if they're credit card companies, and student loan companies, you can actually negotiate those rates down. So if you call them up and say, hey, I would like to have a lower interest rate or I'm gonna transfer my debt to another vendor. Now, you may be sitting here with a credit card score or a credit score that's lower and you're like, mm, 
I actually don't think you're going to because you've already started the judgment process and the blaming and the shaming and the guilt that you have all surrounding your debt. But here's the thing. I want you to just, you know what? Yeah, your credit score may suck right now and it may not be your ideal. Or you may be somebody that actually is a real estate investor and you actually use your credit a lot. So your credit score kind of goes up and down and you do this up and down position. But right now we're in one of the lowest interest rate environments um, and it's not gonna last too much longer. So take advantage of it. So if you can get those um, creditors to actually decrease your debt, like right now I have four properties and I'm refinancing all of them. It is a pain in the butt. Oh my gosh. So, but it's worth it because when I look at that each loan is going to save thousands and thousands of dollars over the next few years, um, guess what? I'm doing it, just doing it. So if you try to negotiate with your current creditors, if not, it's time to move somewhere else. So that is step number three. So I need you to make a list of all of your debts. And again, credit cards, student loans, car payments, money owed to family members, whatever debt you have, I want you to list it out. And do me a favor, do it per vendor. A lot of times we lump things together, we don't systematize it. That's another way that our money patterns actually get in our way. So this is exactly how I'd like for you to do it. Whether you can use an Excel spreadsheet on the computer or a yellow pad of paper, I don't care. Whatever is easy because we have to create a system that is simple and easy for you or you'll abort it at the first chance possible. All right, so you've made this list. You got the vendor, you've got the interest rate, you have the minimum payment and its total down here. And then I want you to put the actual payment that you made and the total below that, which leads us to step number four. This is about actually moving to a place of empowerment with your debt as opposed to victim to the debt system that we've created in, in um, our world. So what I mean by that is that you're taking it from a place of saying, okay, all right, all right, I'm paying this amount a month. Let's just say it's $1,000 a month in all your debts, which I'm sure many of you, it's way more than $1,000 a month. And your minimum payment is, let's just make the numbers easy for me right now. So let's just say it's $600 is the minimum and you're paying a thousand. All right, well, your next step is, is I want you to prioritize them based on the highest interest rate debt because you already went to the vendors to see if they would lower it. And if they didn't, here's another clue. If they weren't willing to actually do that, I want you to actually then call or go to uh, creditcards.com um, because you may be able to get some of those transferred over. You know, if your credit score is below 650 and you already know that, well, then you're not gonna be able to transfer it to a 0% credit card because your credit score is too low. So we gotta get your credit score up first and that will be an option down the road. So this is where I want you to take, if let's just say you've got six debt accounts and your minimum payments are 600 a month, but you're paying 1,000, all right? Then what I want you to do is I want you to take the $400 a month that's extra between the 600 and the 400 or the 600 and the 1000 and add that extra $400 to the highest interest rate debt that you have. So let's say that's Visa. So if Visa has a minimum payment of $100, you add the 100 between what you've actually been paying to vendors and what the minimum on all of them are. And then what you do there is you actually then pay $500 a month to that Visa until that visa is completely gone. Now, here's step number five. I need you to put that payment on autopilot. This is probably the most important piece. Why? Like, you're like, Julie, what? No. Now, I, I'm telling you, 
your mind will make all these justifications as to you, well, like, well, I like to control my payments on a monthly basis, and um, I like to make sure that my check account doesn't bounce, blah, blah, blah. Whatever BS that you're telling yourself, you need to let that go because that's just your monkey mind and your ego trying to control a situation. And when we try to control a situation, that is one of, a huge sign that you're in one of the five stress responses as us as humans, which is trying to control and entrain everything around us. So just notice that because if you're trying to control it, that just means you're stressed out about it. And that's okay. Be stressed out about it. I need you to feel the feelings of being stressed out as opposed to trying to transmit your feelings in a form of control. So part of how you get to this next place is allowing and releasing your past. So if you think about your money, that you have your financial past, which is your debts, which I talk about that with my book, Awaken Your Wealth, that I have here on the wall. And your financial past are your debts, then your cash flows, the money going into your checking account, and then the money going out for expenses. That's your present moment. That's you living in the now, living in the present moment. And then you have on the other side, your financial future. And that's planting all the seeds for the future that you wanna create in your world. And your money is energy, and your money is gonna energize all those buckets that you then set up for your future. So number six, the sixth step is, I need you to reward yourself along the way. I have had clients tell me going, did my financial planner just tell me to go piss money away? <laughs> I do, why do I say that? Because if you feel like you're in jail, you're gonna keep recreating jail. Think of it like an adolescent, somebody who's becoming a teenager. What happens when you tell a teenager they can't do something? They feel like they're stuck. They feel like they are jammed up. And guess what? They're going to do it anyway. So this is how every single one of us works when it comes to debt. Because if you tell me I can't have what I want, so let's just say you want uh, a new car. I'm going to give you an example. And you are like, I'm going to get that because you're trying to find happiness. That spending component, component is you trying to find happiness outside of yourself. Here's the thing. You will never create long-term sustainable happiness and joy in your life if you're looking for that answer outside of your insights. So that's all the spending that you do. And so I really want that to land inside of you. So the reason I say to reward yourself along the way, so let's just say we're down the road and we've now got that $500 a month that was going to paying off that $10,000 credit card. When that $500 a month opens up, so that payment, you have now paid off that visa, right? I want you to take that $500 a month, and remember, you have five other debt payments that are $100 minimum a piece, right, in my example. Now, I want you to take a third of that um, $500 a month, and I want you to put it into a spending account. So I love these online savings accounts. You can name them what you want. There's lots of them that are out there that pay good interest. And so what you do is you name it what you wanna spend it. So when I'm talking to clients, like they wanna take better vacations, they want a new car, they want um, house remodeling, they want, these are the things that we're spending it on. So I want you to now move from playing defense with your debt to playing offense by putting it into an online savings account. And again, what did we learn in the last step? I want it on autopilot. So let's just say 
the $500 a month doesn't divide by three equally, so bear with me here. I'm just gonna say, let's just say it's 200 bucks into each bucket. So you say, I'm gonna put $200 a month into my new vacation fund. Now you're gonna have 2,400 bucks a year to go have the vacations that you want. And if it's a goal to take better vacations than that, then we increase that over time for good behavior for paying off your debt. So you continue to expand your life more into a life that you love as opposed to one that feels like torture, right? All right, number seven. Step number seven is I need you to hold good, solid debt boundaries. What do I mean by that? So some of you may need a little bit more help than others when it comes to holding debt boundaries for yourself. Debt boundaries are things like, people will tell me, because um, debt is almost like a drug for some, for some people, right? Um, it gets the energy, like you go out and spend and then you wind up with a spending hangover and you're like, oh, I just created another nightmare. I don't wanna do that anymore. Well, so what you wanna do is that you wanna then shift that actual um, boundary. You may have to like, I have had clients stick their, credit cards that because they weren't willing to cut the credit cards up so i have them stick them in the freezer so they don't use them then i actually even had somebody write them all down on a piece of paper even though they were in the freezer and they still use them. like do you see how this is your suffering pattern because you're not choosing you know the most self-love and self-care that you can and it's all because of fear because we fear like we don't have what if the you know something happens and if i can't get out of a jam trust me when it's not an option you will still make it to the other side You'll just do it in a healthier, empowered way, not just like my parents did. They didn't have credit lines like we have today, and they still figured it out. They made other choices, and they still got to live the life they wanted to live. It's amazing how we have those choices. But the debt traps you. This is the issue with the debt. So step number eight is, kind of, it's what I just said, those debt stories. Where did your perception of debt come from? From your mom, from your dad, from your coworkers, from life circumstances, from your spouse, because it was easier just to do that than to argue with them. I want you to sit back and look at, write down, what are my debt stories? What are, what are the things that I tell myself about my debt? What do I tell myself? What are they all the time? And then I want you to actively release those debt stories because whatever story you tell yourself becomes your reality. Again, remember our feelings our words and our thoughts are actually what we create. So if you don't create a new debt story, like I live debt free, that could be your new story. Well, it's kind of sometimes hard to actually do that when you're not actually living that way. So unless you change the story, your reality is not going to change. So I need you to release them. And there's lots of ways to release stories. Um, and um, that's making me think like I need to actually do another, I do a video on that. So that will be coming soon. And step number nine. I need you to rinse and repeat. <laughs> when someone is in a debt cycle, whether it's credit card debt, car debt, and in essence, anyone who has not become their own bank, meaning that you're not depending on yourself for your purchases, that you're actually leveraging a bank in that process. When you leverage a bank, you lose your freedom, bottom line. Um, I have a mortgage. It's not a bad thing. It's just the fact that, you know what? If I didn't have a mortgage, I make a lot of different choices in life, and people do. If you didn't have any debt, what conversations would you really be having with your employer or your coworkers? You wouldn't put up with the same garbage because you wouldn't need them anymore, 
right? You wouldn't need the paycheck anymore. You could stand more in your truth. You could stand more in your authenticity. So you're likely to fall off the horse. Can you just forgive yourself for that and rinse and repeat? Because it doesn't matter that you fall off the horse. It's about the fact that you have now increased your awareness. Think of it like a mountain, a debt mountain, that you reached a summit. And yep, you fell off the horse. You kind of slid down the mountain a little bit. Oh, I'm going to get to the next summit. I find that most people, it's somewhere between a two to four times they fall off the cycle. So when you fall off, it's actually pretty normal. Love yourself enough to get back up on the horse and do it again. Talk to you guys soon. Ciao.